Hello, food world. It's Robert Crutchfield, your favorite foodie friend from Crutchfield Cooks, here with another episode of Crutchfield Cooks, the podcast. This time around, we return to something we did some time back, a series I call My Favorite Ingredients. Today, we're going to talk about onions. Let's get to it. Onions are something that are so commonplace. I think a lot of times they're taken for granted, maybe a little bit. I also think that most people don't don't understand a whole lot about them. We're just used to tossing them into various things. So that's what I'm going to try and do a little bit about today. Onions are actually one of the oldest foods known to man. Most people believe they're over 5,000 years old. And they're everywhere. Onions are grown in over 100 countries around the world. And they've been grown in over 100 countries around the world for most of those 5,000 years. They're so ubiquitous, so commonplace, that onions are actually mentioned in the Bible in Numbers chapter 11, verse 5. And they were even worshipped in ancient Egypt. Mummies have been discovered with onions in the mummy's pelvic cavities, in their eye sockets. So they were very, they were more than just a food in ancient Egypt. They were very integrated into the culture at, at the time. Worldwide, the average person consumes 11 pounds of onions per year. And if you're a little light on math like I am, uh, that comes out to about 6.6 billion pounds of onions a year, all told. Now, it was billion with a B. Onions come in a lot of varieties. First way of categorizing them is by color. 88% of the onions in the world are yellow. 7% are, are red, and only 5% are the white onions, which happen to be my favorite. And we'll get into more of that later. The largest producers of China, or onions rather, are China, India, the United States, Turkey, and Japan. Although, as I said, they're, they're grown virtually everywhere. But those are the five big producers, and the vast majority of onions are produced in those five countries. Now, there are seven different types of onions, and they're used for a variety of different things. And that's one of the things I love about onions is they're not a one-off type of, of thing. Onions can be, you have spicy onions, you have sweeter onions, you have onions that are better to, to, to mince into small pieces. And then you get into the different ways of cooking them, and you get even more varieties of of what an onion is and, and how it can expand and enhance your cooking. Onions literally be, can be cooked just about any way there is to cook them. They can be baked. They can be boiled. They can be fried. In fact, if you cut them in circles, batter them, and deep fry them, they're called onion rings, which I also love. But uh, that's one of the things about onions is onions are so taken for granted, but at the same time, 
they're a beautiful, diverse, multifaceted ingredient. Now, the first onion you want to look at is the, the yellow onion, the one that is the most plentiful. I find them sweeter than the white, although I have seen other people that will tell you that the white onions are sweeter than the yellow onions. I just see it the other way around. I actually like the spicy bite that you get from a white onion. The assumption, if an onion is not, if, it, if you have a recipe that says use onion, the assumption is that you're talking about yellow onions, partly because they are the most plentiful. So it's the safest assumption. And yellow onions are by themselves are quite flexible. In fact, yellow onions can be used for just about everything except garnish. The reason they're not as strong for using as a, use as a garnish is they can be a little brownish. So they're not necessarily that pretty. But as far as flavor, as far as texture, as far as all the other things that you would use an onion for, they are extraordinary. Now, you also have a it's called a sweet onion. A lot of times in the store or, or somewhere like that, they'll actually be labeled sweet onions. As you can imagine, these onions are prized because of their particular sweetness. Vidalia would be another example of this kind of onion. Then you have the white onion. The white onion is very dominant in Mexican and Tex-Mex cuisines, for instance. I find they have a very pleasing bite, especially when used raw. They also texturally can add a, a sense of crunch to uh, your dish. Of course, you also want to look at things like uh, the size that you chop them into. I, for one, if I'm going to put white onions into, say, a chili, will chop them larger than if I'm using them for other things. Unless you're making a huge pot of something, you don't want to go crazy and chop them too large. But I do like larger cuts on, on white onions for, for some applications. But just because I do like that texture and that, that bite that I find them having. Another kind of onion that you'll run into a lot is the red onion. One of the things interesting about the red onion is that the red onion has not only the red color on the outside, but in rings along the inside, which makes them a lot more attractive for certain garnish-type uses, as opposed to, say, the yellow onion, which can be brownish. For this reason, a lot of times you'll find red onions in salads, for instance, cut into strips. In this particular case, that's an example of onions being used raw. In fact, onions in some parts of the world are eaten raw as a, a dish by themselves. After red onions, you want to look at shallots. Shallots are smaller, 
They're less popular here in the United States, but they do have an intense flavor. And shallots can be minced very finely. So if you're looking for something that can add a lot of flavor to something, but you're looking for something that's going to be in very small pieces, shallots are worth looking at. Now, not that much different from shallots or green onions. Green onions are something that I saw a lot in the kitchen growing up. And I, I owe that to a large part to the fact that my grandfather was a chef, an actual chef chef, owned restaurants and catering companies and, and worked in hotels both here in Houston and New Orleans, among other places. It's interesting to note with green onions, which they're, they're, they're smaller, they're more immature onions, so you don't have the big white bulb that you might be used to. One of the interesting things about green onions, uh, which often are also called scallions, is oftentimes not only can you eat the whole thing, but oftentimes you do eat the whole thing, including the big green shoots that come up out of the ground as the onion is growing. It's not unusual for, for chefs and other cooks to take scallions and chop it up itty bitty and just throw the whole thing into the soup or whatever it is they're making. Something else that you can see are leeks. Now, leeks are also a variety that are not as popular here in the United States as they might be in Europe and other places. They're larger than green onions. Uh, but otherwise, they're quite quite similar. And now I want to get more into the part most of you are probably here for, and that is cooking onions and cook with onions. As I as I brought up before, onions it can be cooked in a wide variety of ways. And one of the things we want to look at when we understand how utilitarian they are is there's a classic that's done in French cooking called mirepoix. Mirepoix is one part carrot, one part uh, celery, and two parts onions, or some variation of that. So it tells you in the beginning just how commonplace that, uh, that onions are, that they're included in this classic preparation, which is used as a base for a lot of stews and soups and and things of that variety it, it, i've seen and i've seen mirepoix even be used in things like marinating meat overnight and things like that they'll they'll put mirepoix in the uh, the marinating preparation it's a it's a very go-to kind of way of starting out a lot of dishes and it says a lot about onions that they would be included in this Another way, another thing I want to talk about as far as cooking onions, there's two very typical ways that onions are cooked, whether they're going to be used as something standalone or whether they're going to be used as an ingredient in a larger dish. And that's caramelized versus sauteed. Now, caramelized is cooked under a lower heat and for a longer period of time. Caramelizing in particular 
gives you a, a, a concentration of the sugars and the sweetness in the onion. Caramelization can give them what in many ways is a pleasing brown color. And caramelization also does some very good things to the texture of, of onions, giving them a, a more tender or smoother, almost uh, jelly-like consistency as opposed to the crisper, crunchier kind of consistency you would get with a, a raw white onion. Caramelization is used in things like sandwiches and whatnot. It's actually a very popular preparation for being able to use onions. And uh, it takes a little bit of practice. It's simple in theory, but caramelizing onions properly can include things like a bit of vinegar to add acid. It takes a little bit to get the combination of lower temperature and longer cooking time quite right. But caramelization of onions is something that if you put in the effort, it's worth the effort. So I encourage you to, to try that. Now, sauteing is done at a higher heat, often obviously would be done quicker. You may have heard of such things as a saute pan. You don't particularly need a, a special pan to make use of this technique. Any nonstick pan with a little bit of oil will be perfectly fine for sautéing onions. Which brings to me a little bit of a story from early on in my cooking adventure. As many of you already know, my first cooking teacher was my mother, who learned both from her mother, a better-than-decent farm cook, and from her father-in-law, my grandfather, who, as I mentioned a little bit ago, was an actual chef in restaurants and hotels and catering companies and whatnot. Well, I don't know what got into me, but one day I made the mistake of asking my mother what sautéed meant. Unbeknownst to me, she needed sautéed onions to fix that night's dinner. So when I asked her what sautéed mean, her first response was, get in the kitchen. Which I didn't really, I, di I didn't like that answer at the time, but all these years down the road, I actually appreciate the fact that she pushed me into the kitchen uh, like she did. In fact, I once knew her to say that uh, no son of hers was going to starve to death because they didn't know how to turn the stove on, that they were going to learn to cook the same as our sister did. That, and uh, she made the fair point that food and cooking food, even cooking food professionally, is a, is a part of our family's heritage, and she did not want us to lose that. But anyway, my, my mother took me into the kitchen because it was about time to start working on dinner anyway, and proceeded to teach me how to saute onions, just using that night's dinner and part of the preparation she already had planned as an opportunity to teach me the technique that I was curious about. Sautéing onions, like caramelizing onions, will make them more tender. But instead of getting them brown, like you would in caramelization, Sautéing onions, the idea is to get them translucent as you get them more tender. 
And as you, you, you cook them fairly quickly, which trans, you're never going to get them completely transparent, completely see-through. But it's amazing when, especially the first few times when you saute onions to watch as these, particularly with white onions, where you have these little pieces that are a very solid white color. And they, they, they seem like you're never going to, you don't really even think about them being anything else. But as they cook, the, the, the whiteness cooks away. And as the whiteness cooks away, the, the sugars become much more concentrated. So you end up with a, uh, a sweeter, more tender, tender ingredient to go into the larger dish that you're cooking. As I mentioned earlier, you can use the, the rings, or the circles of onions, and you can bread them and deep fry them and turn them into in onion rings. Of course, that alone gives you a lot of choices. You can make onion rings out of pretty much any bulb onion. And when I say bread, panko, no panko, you throw a little cayenne in there, maybe a lot of different, a lot of different ideas can come into play. And there's nothing wrong with that. One of the things about now, now don't get me wrong. Granted, if you're cooking in a restaurant environment or something like that, for consistency reasons, for cost control reasons, portion control reasons, blah, blah. In some, some of those kinds of environments, you have to follow the established recipe because the dish has to be made exactly the same every time. But especially for a lot of my audience who are home cooks, that's not so imperative. As I've said elsewhere, one of the best things my mother did for me teaching me to cook before other people got in that game was practically every time she taught me to cook something, one of the last things she said would be, okay, now how do you make it your own? Now, when you're cooking at home, when you're cooking for yourself, when you're cooking for your family, that is the world of how do you make it your own? Maybe it's not quote unquote authentic. Maybe it's not quote unquote, the right way to make it. Who the heck cares? It's your family, your kitchen, your dinner. Do it your way. And part of finding out how to do it your way is the fun part of cooking, of experimenting, of trying different things, of seeing an ingredient in the pantry or the fridge or on the counter going, huh, I wonder how that would taste in there. What the heck? Let's try it. And that is my look at the world of onions. Wow. Every episode I say it, every episode I think it, where did the time go? I hope that in this episode I was able to teach you a little bit more about onions. We not only have more my favorite ingredients type episodes coming, but most certainly more interviews. I'm working on some very exciting ones. I'm also working on a couple of other different kinds of episodes just to switch things up a little bit to keep up with it all and to find all our interviews and other content 
24-7-365. Don't forget, you can always find us at www.learnmoreeatbetter.com. And for those of you who are on Good Pods, I'm particularly encouraging people right now, if you listen to us on Good Pods, be sure and leave us a, leave us a, a great rating and help us climb the, the list there. Until next time. <laughs>